Welcome into the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Eager. I'm joined again by Ben Brown. Ben, we got one game last week, Tarleton State against McNeese State. It took some grit. I want to say I listened to the game for about a quarter and a half on Tarleton State's website. And then I found through our friend Joey Kanish um, a, a live stream of it online on Twitter. And that's how we sort of ended that game. Ben, that was a, a whirlwind of a football game. Tell tell the listeners about that if they did not follow along. Yeah, I mean, basically we had McNeese State where they down two touchdowns late in the fourth quarter, I think with like five minutes or less to go. We like McNeese State. I think a lot of, you know, what you would define as gambling Twitter, you know, some some of the people that are defined as sharps, kind of like Tarleton State. So we were a little bit opposite of that. I do think we kind of got bailed out by McNeese State at the end. Uh, they did go put up two touchdowns, kind of got that turnover late, scored the final touchdown, two pushed it into overtime. In overtime, went back and forth. We ended up getting, you know, McNeese State to edge them out by a field goal, cover the two-and-a-half-point spread. Um, kind of like a good, you know, initial start to FCS action at this point in time. We're only keeping that rolling here with this Northern Iowa SDSU Jackrabbits game tonight. I think this is like the first game that it seems like we've kind of seen uh, really correctly, and I think it's going to get us on the right foot here for this weekend's action, which I'm excited for. Right. Last week, we bet initially under 56 early in the week, and then by the time we recorded this podcast, we still like under 52 and a half. Now, you and I got lucky because that game closed – well, that game crossed 51 50 for a second. And a half. We bet over yeah, 51. Yeah, 50 and a half. We, we, we bet over 50, 50 and a half. The game closed at 51. Um, first half went under. Actually, first quarter didn't, but first half went under – the game was looking under. We bet second half over for a while. Um, and then what ended up happening was because of, you know, the final scores by McNeese State, that game actually went over. So we lost a little bit, even though we had hedged with the overs previously. But, of course, we won with McNeese State. Um, they It was an example where the right bet was under, and that didn't win. The wrong bet, if you look at closing line value, was, was Tarleton State. McNeese State ends up winning. Um, it, it's what happens. And we saw the same thing tonight, Ben. You know, South Dakota State, we're, we're recording this at halftime of that game. South Dakota State against UNI, Northern Iowa. By the way, your high school teammate, Justin Surrency, on the color for this game. Um, this game, we saw it open up at minus three and a half for South Dakota State. It got down to three. I think that's when you and I bet it at three, even money. It got all the way down to one and a half. So the Sharps really did like northern iowa and at halftime of this game jackrabbits actually lead by 10 so again assuming this holds another situation where the money coming in and the money made sense where it came in because south dakota state was starting a third string quarterback but that didn't seem to make it there so um we did like over as well we took over first half 20 and a half over first half 21 those did hit full game 42 we'll see if that ends up hitting um, but so far, this is looking good, Ben. What do you right. think? So we're blessed. We get a, a bunch of Saturday games. We get some Sunday games. Ben, what do you think about – what's your favorite game for, for Saturday here, uh, you know, uh, February 20th, 2021? 
Yeah, I kind of like the Sanford East Tennessee State game. At East Tennessee State kind of comes in basically as the biggest home dog this weekend. Lines basically held the six and a half points throughout the week with the market, um, you know, basically not moving off the spread in the total. Um, I do think, you know, we're going to see some adverse weather in Johnson City, Tennessee here. Maybe it's not going to be as bad as what, you know, people are anticipating, but it's still going to be, you know, uncharacteristically cold uh, for this time of year. Obviously, with the spring football game, we might not have, you know, the experience from a player level actually understanding what it's going to be like playing in this game. So, I don't know. I kind of like East Tennessee State to maybe keep this game a little closer than what uh, the spread kind of dictates. I do think, um, you know, there's definitely a playmaker on Sanford's side. Montreal, Washington converted basically from quarterback to wide receiver back to quarterback at the end of the 2019 season. He's going to be a full-time wide receiver at this point in time. Kind of has that prototypical wide receiver speeds and size so i think uh he's gonna be the potential difference maker for Stanford. but i'm kind of leaning towards east tennessee state at plus six and a half at home uh, i think this game might be just a little bit slower place and what slower pace than what people anticipate so that's a side that i'm really leaning on for saturday i know we also have some action on mercer at wolford uh wolford is basically a 16 point favorite that's kind of held steady um throughout the whole week since it's open basically as well but i kind of i kind of lean towards mercer i think you kind of like warford at this point what are you seeing on warford's side that you liking at that 16 point spread i mean right now i mean we just today got odds for the season so we're just starting to sort of um kind of get an idea of power rankings for this team i was basically just betting on the right side uh, of what i felt to be key numbers so i bet over in mercer warford because there's 55 and uh, and a half, it's now 54. So I've obviously, uh, if you respect closing line value, clearly on the wrong side. I bet I bet Wofford minus 16 because 17 to me felt like the, the next clearest, you know, sort of number there. That really hasn't moved. Um, so who knows there? That was where I stood. By the way, when you're talking, Ben, about uh, the Samford East Tennessee State game. If you like under there, sixty or fifty-six and a half, that you know you go under. That's a that's a key number of fifty-six. Seems to make some sense. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of where I'm standing again, without much knowledge of these teams and without much knowledge of the way they're sort of like traveling. Again, you gotta gotta think about key numbers and sort of right. how those go. So for example, I you know when I look at like Illinois State, Missouri State, um, when I bet that, um, and we have to make sure that that game is still on. But when I bet that that game, you know, I looked at Illinois State minus six because it was close to seven. I looked at over 44 because it was, you know, a relatively low number for college football. You know, that's kind of where you're handicapping this game. Other than one game, which we'll talk about in a second here, you know, we don't really have a ton of information on these teams. So you're basically looking at, you know, what side of a key number you're on uh, and sort of, you know, hopefully you're getting on the right side of where other people are betting. Yeah, definitely. And I think you brought up a lot of really good points. And one, I don't want to digress too much into more of like an evergreen topic, but I do think there's probably a decent discussion as far as like how people evaluate closing line value in and around key numbers. And then once you kind of cross those key numbers, um, you know, like the the onslaught of basically movement that we're seeing and how you actually evaluate that with your overall betting process. I know people kind of, you know, voice or articulate that the only thing that really matters is closing line value. You know, your win loss percentage doesn't matter. Anything else doesn't matter. The only thing that really matters is are you locking in that closing line value when you bet it? And I don't know. I do think that closing line value and 
you know, judging your bets based on that is beneficial, but I don't think it's necessarily the end all be all that a lot of people probably um, assign it to be or assume it to be at this point in time. I do think that uh, there's a discussion as far as like how much that line movement actually anticipates the probability of the expected outcome falling in that distribution of numbers. I also think that um, in general, it probably matters a little bit uh, your betting approach, right? And how you're actually modeling some of these things. I know some play, some betters probably use what's, you know, known as kind of like a top down approach where they're looking at it from like a market perspective. They're trying to identify that line movement and get on the right side of it so that they can pick up that closing line value. But there are other ways of kind of handicapping and being successful at sports betting. One of the ways that, you know, our miles of PFF does it in general is by the strength of schedule, how good these teams actually are, and then predicting a spread based on that. At points, we obviously want to be on the same side as the market, but there are you know certain situations where we are definitely um, you know counter to the market. We're probably getting some negative closing line value, but I still think that that might be the right side um, if you're evaluating all the factors and not just closing line value. So I do think this is probably like an interesting discussion, maybe for a longer podcast, but. Um, the whole idea of closing line value, especially in some of these markets that, you know, we don't really have as much information on, especially the FCS really early on. I think that it might be a useful tool, obviously can be beneficial, but it's not the end all be all that like a lot of people kind of transcribe it to be at this point. Yeah, I think the more liquid the market is, the bet, the more, obviously the more the closing line value matters, um, but there's not as much obviously edge to be had, for example, in the NFL. Um, versus, you know, let's say like, you know, FCS or back in the day where it's AAF or XFL, um, even down to something like the WNBA, like there are, you know, totals will move like they did last week, you know, five and a half points. They'll never move five and a half points in the NFL based upon uh, even weather news. Like I I, I remember the Green Bay, Minnesota game moved like three and a half points um, based upon, you know, weather, but you'll never see that in the NFL. So, that that's the thing like you look back like for example we're on Moorhead State plus 41 and a half you see that you look over at that game we're also on over 53 and a half 53 I'm sorry so Moorhead State's now plus 43 so that's not a good thing if you're looking at closing line value but the total is 55 and a half now so we got two and a half points there um you know the idea is you know none of these points mean all that much in college football so you can think to yourself okay Maybe I'll chase steam because you're not losing that much as the right. line moves. But again, you know, right now you're sort of feeling out. I, I would be lying if I said that this first couple of weeks isn't just about us sort of developing market implied power rankings and using our data, uh, you know, to sort of uh, go through and, and see where these teams are at. By the way, if you get a PFF elite, you know, if you get a college subscription, by the way, you can get access to these grades. McNeese State, Tarleton State, up on the website currently. Um, one that I wanted to talk about, and this has moved a little bit in our direction, but I bet it a decent amount. I bet New Mexico State at a pick'em against Tarleton State last week. Ben, Tarleton State. I think people felt that Tarleton State played a good football game, um, but when I looked back and looked at expected points added, Tarleton State was very good in the second and third quarter, but overall they gave up positive expected points to McNeese State. They were negative expected points themselves. So when I look at this, Tarleton State's just one game out of being a Division II team. New Mexico State's actually the only FBS team playing in the spring. They're playing three games here. Markets moved one point in our direction, which isn't that much. Ben, what do you think about this game? 
Yeah, I mean, I basically think you kind of hit it on the head, right? Like, the class differential between these two teams, even in the fall, was so significant that I can't really, you know, ever back Tarleton State as a slight favorite, even over basically over any FBS school. I know New Mexico State basically is at the bottom of the pecking order of FBS schools, but I do still think with, like, the recruiting aspect, looking at some of, like, the 247 sports, you know, recruiting rankings and things like that, I do think New Mexico State has a pretty significant pretty significant edge and I do think that you know at plus 0.5 basically a pick them toss up I do think that they're definitely um the correct play on that late slate um on Sunday so I don't know I wasn't I wasn't overly impressed kind of like you mentioned with Tarleton State I do think they had a few lucky, lucky breaks against McNeese State um so I know I'm not basing you know as much off that one game performance as maybe other people are at this point in time so I do think New Mexico State is probably the correct size that you know what you're looking at at this point in time, Eric. Exactly. I'm looking at this game. I, I thought Tarleton State was impressive in their first matchup, but they were at home. Um, the weather was you know was bad in that game. They got some jump right. ball plays, um, but it meant a lot. Like, obviously, their defense gave up some plays at the end and lost. New Mexico State, obviously, you're going to have to deal with a little bit of rust here, um, but I think that they're the side here. That's one where I think we have the most – uh, money on other than this standalone, um, you know, Friday game here. So uh, to me, like that's one where I would focus. Um, let's wrap this up, Ben. You did a great job. I, I'm always so impressed with your ability to go through and find important pieces of information. Um, you wrote an article that I think will be a recurring one on the site week to week on FCS. What to you know, sort of what to look for this week. You didn't give up away a ton of picks, which I think is probably smart given, you know, that we don't know a whole lot about the FBS or sorry, FCS this week. Um, but that's a really good one. So I want to, you know, shout that out there. Obviously, you listen to this podcast. You're going to, you know, uh, go to Ben's article. There's tons of games on Saturday. There's going to be some games on Sunday. Um, that That's a, a really good place. And I think we're going to be your one-stop shop for some FB, FCS analysis this spring, Ben. Um what what are you looking forward to, you know, sort of, uh, you know, basically on the Sunday slate? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to Youngston State at North Dakota State. Uh, we saw initially that line open up at 25 and a half. I think it got all the way down to 23. I think it's back up basically to almost where we started the week at 24 and a half for North Dakota State. I do think uh, they're probably going to be a bit overvalued in the betting market basically all year. I do think obviously they're, they're the class of the FCS. Um, but I think that that might be just a little bit overstated this year. We've got to see what they are capable of doing without Trey Lance um, at this point in time. So I do think um, Youngson State could potentially keep this game just a little bit closer. So I don't know. Key player that I kind of looking for, Christian Watson, North Coast State wide receiver. He was kind of the deep threat, deep threat for uh, Trey Lance last year. Um, kind of has, you know, like an ideal frame. At for you know a wide receiver at the NFL level, so I do think that he could potentially make some noise as an NFL prospect. I do think he's kind of an intriguing option. If North Dakota State uh, does cover the twenty-four and a half points, I do think it's going to be uh, mainly due to the pass game and mainly mainly due to Christian Watson, you know, receiving end. So I do think that um, I'm intrigued by this game, but I'm kind of leaning towards Youngstown State at this point in time. So I don't know this. A few other games on Sunday, Austin P at Tennessee Tech. Um, kind of like Austin P in that matchup. Is there any side that you like at this point in time? Yeah, we have Austin P minus seven. It's not six and a half, so obviously moving away from us there. But we did get out ahead. I took North Dakota State at minus 23. I think, as you said, at minus 24, 
24 and a half, you might have to look at, um, you know, going to the other side of that uh, a bet there. We took over 52. It's 52 and a half. So there's some closing line value there. We are getting right now, North uh, Northern Iowa just got stopped on third and one. They're punting on the oh, other side of the 50. At midfield. On, on fourth and two. Uh, not daring to be great. Uh, basically deciding to lose this football game uh, with, with 12.05 left in the third quarter. You hate to see it, but since you like having the South Dakota State Jackrabbits as the bet, uh, you know, it looks like we're going to get home here. But, but Ben, thank you for this. This is my, this is honestly one of my favorite times of the week. We get to talk about a little bit of degeneracy, dog barking in the back. Um, but l- let's close it on this. For Ben Brown, this is Eric Eager. This has been your FCS PFF Daily Betting Podcast.